Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode two of the EdTech Pod Squad. We are just some tech coaches here, and today we're going to be chatting about some uh, cool stuff in EdTech. Let's go ahead and go around and, well, just introduce ourselves and who we are and what we do. Um, I'll start. My name is Josh Howard. I work with the Fulton Public School District in Central Missouri. I am an instructional technology coach. Samantha Hardesty Knoll, instructional technology coach for the Wentzville School District. Hey, I'm Erin Lawson. Um, I am the district technology coach in the Orchard Farm School District. I'm Jonathan Lee. I am instructional specialist for uh, the Midwest Education Technology Community. And I am JP Presvento. I am the instructional technology coordinator in the Fox School District in Arnold, Missouri. All right, so uh, glad everybody's here. And let's go ahead and jump into what's new. And I believe, um, Aaron, you were gonna tell us about an event that you had recently? Yeah, we uh, just had um, our second student PD event at the high school. We've also had one at the middle school as well, but we just finished with our second one at the high school, um, March 9th it was, or the 8th, I don't know, it was a Thursday or Friday. It was before spring break, so it feels like a really <laughs> long time ago now, um, <laughs> a much needed spring break. But um, student PD stands for student personal development, and uh, so we just had um, a really big event for our high school students, 9th through 12th. Uh, we asked the kids what they wanted to learn about um, outside of the curriculum. They told us all sorts of cool subjects, um, self-defense and how to be a nurse and all sorts of crazy stuff. And um, we brought in presenters from the community and uh, just had this really big day for kids to pick and choose what they wanted to go to and learn about. So it was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I, uh, just to kind of piggyback on this, um, our district has obviously stolen this idea from you and we've had, uh, we've done it a couple of times now and I just, um, I really advocate any district if you can get somebody to own this event and do some community outreach with, uh, just finding interesting presenters. Cause you know, we've had some, uh, very cool people come in. We had a guy who did a women's self-defense class we had somebody come in and do yoga. We had a, like a ballroom dancing coach come in. So we've had a lot of really interesting opportunities that got super positive student feedback that just otherwise our students probably, like in our small town Fulton here in the middle of a bunch of cornfields, like they're not gonna get to see a lot of that stuff. So um, big kudos to Aaron for coming up with this great idea. And I would really highly recommend anybody else who is looking for some kind of authentic and interesting, uh, innovative instructional stuff for their students to uh, look into that because it's really cool. Anything, anything else you want to add to that, Erin? Yeah, I was just thinking that if they wanted to see uh, pictures or things like that of what it looks like, if they just go to Twitter and go to hashtag student PD, they can see all sorts of cool stuff from all over the place that people who have been doing student PD events are getting ready to do them. Um, there's pictures from mine, pictures from, from Josh's on there Yeah, we, as well. we use the same hashtag. It's really, it's a valuable uh, resource. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So yeah, definitely go check that out um, and let us know if you want to have your own event. We can help you out. Aaron, do you have something online or is there a place that they can reach out to contact you if, if somebody would want to start their own? Yeah, they can just reach out to me, just elawson at ofr5.com, and then I can kind of guide them. I've got a couple different resources that I'm working on right now, working on a website and things like that. So, Oh, cool. So uh, we'll look I'll forward to hearing a lot more about Student PD. Sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. All right. We can add that stuff to the show notes, too, so that uh, uh, our listeners can get it that way, too. But that sounds like an awesome way to reach out to the community, get the community involved in the student's education. That sounds 
amazing. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, as a school who's implemented it, it's every bit as good as it sounds. So highly recommend. Um, all right, we're going to move to our coach's corner now. And we are going to hear Jonathan and Sam. They're going to talk to us a little bit about uh, Google Expedition. So uh, go ahead and take over, you guys. Well, I have uh, absolutely been enjoying. We've had Google in district for the past um, five days. And we've been working through a couple of our elementary schools, and then we did a middle school as well. And we have been doing the Google Expeditions AR Pioneer Program. Um, that AR stands for Augmented Reality. Uh, it is amazing. Even though it is just a beta version of the app, it is amazing to see how the kids react to bringing those augmented objects into the classroom and having experiences with that. So I, I just finished my day off with a second grade class, um, and we were studying vertebrates and invertebrates. Uh, and you can definitely tell when the augmented spider uh, gets turned on because the entire class will will screech very loudly, and um, that just warms my teacher heart because those are the sounds of learning. So kudos to Google for creating a, another app that can support teachers in the classroom to bring in that excitement piece, to bring in that engagement piece. And, um, you know, as I was watching today, I could, I could just think, like, this is the worst this app's going to get because there's 30 expeditions available. And as we were playing today, Google was working behind the scenes on one of the expeditions, adding in features and... Uh, it's just really amazing to see how this technology is going to affect our classroom. I will echo everything you said. I, I We brought it to Lawson Elementary in the Hazelwood School District. And, um, I mean, the, the screams of joy were, were just um, very powerful. And uh, I'd actually recorded a podcast for the METC podcast on that experience. And the teachers that I interviewed, or just said the engagement was through the roof. He said if it's a one out of 10 scale, their engagement was a 12. And they hadn't seen um, students' faces, and I took so many pictures, and just the, the open mouth amazement uh, of the view of the, that they had. And, and yeah, like, like you said, the, the spider was pretty darn scary. I was worried the students were gonna drop the phones. Uh, it, it shocked me, Liz, and the bees the same way. And just, I agree, just, it's so cool to be able to see um google build an app like that because we experienced um if you're familiar with the virtual reality there's um the teacher can actually point out key uh points of the expedition and in over lunchtime that actually the arrow started to pop up in certain expeditions on the on the ar side and so like they're they're working on it as we're playing with it so it's so cool to, to do that so hopefully we get to bring it to other districts too and um but I didn't realize you guys had five days. Lucky. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. That's for sure. I tell you, it was as as much as I loved it with my students. It also gave me a hook. Some well, that are kind of you know they're kind of shy away a little bit from using technology in the classroom. They couldn't help but just be in awe of the power technology can have within the classroom. So once again, a, a, you know, definitely not a intended outcome, but 
very thankful to see some of my resistance teachers go, oh, well, maybe I can do something like this in the classroom. <laughs> and it's, it's so easy to use. I mean, it's just very simple pause play. And I mean, it was, it's, it was amazing how quickly the teachers were able to pick it up and start going with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Have they talked about a way for teachers to eventually make their own with the Google Expeditions? I thought that I had heard something or read something about that. Like, did they mention anything like that when they were visiting you guys? They have. They didn't mention that specifically, but I do know that wasn't it? Wasn't it almost exactly two years ago that they rolled out the virtual reality expeditions, and now they're doing they're piloting creating your own virtual reality expedition. So I, I'm just kind of speculating that maybe it'll follow that same pattern. Yeah, I think um, they mentioned it at ISTE last year that that was on its way, um, but I don't think there was an official timetable. I know you can create, there's that Google Cardboard app that allows you to create the 360 pieces, and I, I know eventually they're hoping to let you create those hey, uh, VR expeditions, but um, no, there was no mention of timeline for that particular program. Well, it sounds amazing what it was. Uh, we had um, Elena at, down at the middle school. She had, they came to her and got to do some cool stuff with the innovation class, Google did. And then um, Andy, I think, is getting ready to do his down at the elementary school. And so I'll have to peek down there and see what it looks like, because it sounds amazing. I feel like I need to see this spider. <laughs> yes. uh, it, sounds really, it sounds really cool, and I'm glad, uh, Jonathan, you were able to keep your cool around kids with that spider. I can just see you... Uh, <laughs> Uh, running in fear in in that classroom, and I'm glad you kept it together. Be a, be the, a, the legs, the legs move and everything, and then if that wasn't enough, the next thing is a snake that actually rolls or uh, slithers oh, off the table. I mean, I tell you what, I about lost my stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> glad uh, I'm glad you pulled it together, and um, <laughs> we're able to use that as learning experience, even though you were just shaking in your boots. That's uh, that's pretty absolutely. Good. Um, Anything else you guys want to add on that AR? It does sound uh, pretty awesome. How did you, uh, I have a question. How did you guys get involved with the, the Pioneer program? Like, was that, did you apply for that? Yes. Yeah, that was through a, an application process uh, several months back that came through um, the Google trainer. Oh, yeah, like in the, train, I, in the trainer news yeah. groups? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and so they brought in all the hardware and they ran it. You didn't have to supply anything. You didn't have to have like your own uh, sets or any of the, any of that stuff. They provided all the hardware and then they asked for a point of contact um, for each school. And so essentially my role has been to just, I'm just there to make the, the teachers feel comfortable um, because they, we held a meeting in the morning and our Google associate went over the how-tos of how to run it. And then she really expects the teachers to run it. And we're just there more as the technical support. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. Sam, Sam Blevins, is that he had um, uh, Samantha? Yes. Yes, yep. I did. She was great. Yep, she's great. Awesome. Yes. So are these AR expeditions geared more towards, were they geared towards the K-5 learners, or are there some oh. um, expeditions that were for the secondary kids, too? They're secondary as well. I would say they're, yeah, I would say they're both. I think the yeah. engagement piece is a little bit higher at the elementary level, yeah. but that goes, that's working against middle school pool level. 
they still yeah, enjoyed it at the middle school level. We had seventh and eighth graders. They still enjoyed it quite a bit, um, but it it wasn't as huge as it was for our elementary kiddos. Yeah, I have not seen uh, middle school, high school work with it, but I had Samantha, the uh, a contracted person from Google, said that the streams are pretty much been an elementary thing, but there are like DNA. Uh, body systems, different expeditions like that. So there are con there is content for uh, middle and high, but it's just not as I don't know ex exciting. I guess it's still I think very powerful, but I don't think you don't you're not you don't get the same reaction as you do with kids, the younger kids. Well, it seems like right now it's still in that. It's just kind of so new, and people are playing around with it. And hopefully, the more authentic application parts will will uh, come later throughout content especially like when aaron said like if you can start making your own that would be really cool when you can start developing yeah. that, that would be cool all right um we are gonna shift gears and we are gonna move into our featured content does that sound all right you guys sounds good Wonderful. sounds good all right so uh this week we read an article by jennifer gonzalez called what is an innovation class and why do we need one and i think that's a really great question and so i think it would be just good if we go around and we just share what our districts are doing with whatever your model for innovations. Do you have an innovations class? What does that uh, What does that look like? So just jump in if you have something to something to add. I'll jump in first. Um, at the in the Orchard Farm School District, about I think it's about three years ago, uh, we brought in um, an innovation teacher, Andy Wall, and uh, we hired him. And he did innovation at the middle school and then also the elementary school. He just walked back and forth because at that time our elementary school was three through five. So he worked with, you know, third graders through fifth graders and then walked across and helped out the middle school kids. And we started realizing that it was such a need for our students and that our students were really loving it um, that we added a second teacher on. And so Elena became our middle school innovation teacher and then Andy became the elementary um, innovation teacher and um, once we went uh, k-5 in both elementary buildings for the first time this year we needed another innovation teacher and so now we have laura stagman who used to teach fifth grade and uh, so we have three innovation teachers in the orchard farm school district and it's it's been amazing they are amazing educators and do a lot of great stuff with their kids so I'm going to jump in real quick. We don't have an innovation class per se, but, you know, just like a lot of you guys in Fox here, we have Project Lead the Way, and um, I can't, I'm blanking on the name of the club, but it's a club that our Project Lead the Way, one of our Project Lead the Way teachers kind of sponsors, and they've been doing some really cool work. They got a, a grant from an organization called Seeds of Change last year, and last week I got to taste their first rapid cycle um, lettuce production. So they, they got this grant and they're able to um, grow lettuce from seed to um, harvesting like three weeks instead of the normal like six or seven months. So our Project Lead the Way does some of that stuff like I'm sure most of your guys does too, but we don't have like a, an elective per se that's just teaching innovation. Uh, yeah, so I'll jump in here too and I'll say that's similar to what we do. We don't have, um, in Fulton, we don't have dedicated innovation courses. What we do is we have uh, courses where students will do a lot of innovation projects and teachers get a lot of training to have that be something that happens throughout like all of our classes so um, I think it relates well to some of the stuff that was in this article about how kids set goals and then they 
do reflections and track and monitor what kind of projects they do. But we, we see that in our elementary classes. We see that in our language arts classes. We see students doing that in science classes. So uh, we, do, we do offer technology electives in middle school. And that's where a lot of what you would consider like innovation with um, technology proje projects happening. Uh, a lot of that's based on student interests, so they will kind of pitch their own ideas, and we try to find connections and funding for them in those areas. And then we have uh, at the high school uh, fabrication lab uh, where students will do a lot of innovation projects, but like we don't have a dedicated uh, course for it. And also that's part of my job is um, I do weekly meetings with kind of innovation clubs that we have at our elementary schools and I kind of help them work on smaller scale projects and help them envision like bigger ideas of things that, that they'd like to be working on. Like for example, we had kids who wanted to do a film for uh, water for Sudan. So we took the green screen over there and they had pitched an idea. So I kind of helped them with the implementation, but the, uh, the project was all theirs. They kind of owned it. They just needed somebody to help them with like setting up a green screen and here's how you use chroma key and uh, that kind of stuff. Cool. I think Winfield's in the same boat as most of the other school districts. Um, while we don't have a class called an innovation class, um, we have several classes that kind of do similar things. Um, at our elementary level, we have computer slash technology classes that have um, a very loosely spun curriculum so they're able to really put those innovative pieces in at the elementary level. Uh, then at, at the middle school level we're actually adding several courses next year to help beef up some of the exploratory classes for our middle school students that will all focus on different pieces of innovation and then at, at the middle school level we also have Project Lead the Way that carries through high school. And then at the high school level we do have a program called Ignite and our Ignite program is both kind of an innovative and entrepreneur type program for our students to really be matched with our community um, and working on problems um, and solutions with our community. So we've got those little pieces across, but not necessarily a class called innovation. And so Aaron, um Back to at the elementary level with the innovation class, is that kind of like a special? Do classes go there like once a week kind of thing? How do, you, how do you guys work that in your district? Correct. Yep. It's uh, part of the whole specials rotation. And so, you know, art and music and PE and innovation class. Um, yep. So they just go right on through it. They're at the elementary level, all, all grades, starting with kindergarten. And um, they have it all the way up to eighth grade. And then we've noticed then once they get up to high school, because we have, you know, Project Lead the Way, um, and we also have some teachers that are really trying to branch out and do some cool stuff, um, which actually reminded me of this art of the article that we read. You know, we have teachers trying out Genius Hour, and we have an art teacher that's really trying to branch out and do some cool stuff. And so we've noticed now that the kids are, they're, they're just more open to it now because they've been experiencing it in middle school and elementary school through the innovation classes. Hey, Aaron, I noticed you mentioned with your specials, um, and it may have just been something you didn't say, but you said they go to art, music, PE, and innovation. 
right? And library. Okay, yeah. they go to that. That's where I was. I was wondering, do they still go to the library, or did innovation kind of take that place? Or oh no, that? it's still there <laughs> at the <laughs> elementary level. I believe at the middle school level, I, a library is not built in at the middle school level. But at no, the it's not for us either. I think we have ELA classes that schedule time in there. But that's just about it. Mm -hmm, same. Yeah. Well, it's not that out of the question because I know there are some schools who kind of are turning their library into a like maker space and that becomes like you check out your books, but you also like build a popsicle stick bridge or you know something like that. So um, awesome. So, gr uh, great stuff. So uh, that gives us a pretty good uh, picture of what this looks like with our schools. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the article. So there was a lot of stuff in there where um, she had spoke with Don Wetrick and he has written a book uh, called Pure Genius and he talks a lot about the model that he uses and he calls his model open source learning and uh, it kind of talks about how the, the kids establish their own smart goals. I think that's really cool language to use with kids, uh, telling them what a smart goal is. And then um, the, the, where it progresses from there is they create a project it gets approved. Um, they have some sort of outward facing social media where they can kind of record reflections and share that with, with kids um, um, and the teachers to, for, for assessment purposes. So the question here would be, um, what parts of this are adaptable to what we're doing in our schools um, and how would it look like uh, when, if you took this and applied it to the models that you're currently using? I think uh, my favorite part of the whole um, discussion, the whole article, were the three rules. And I wrote them down. The, so he said that rule one for his students, um, are you passionate about this? So what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about it? Rule two uh, was what, what's your skills acquisition on this? So what do you have um, already to be able to do this project? And what do you need to go find or reach out to or find somebody to help you out? And then rule three was who is benefiting other than you? because he said it's not about success, it's about empowering others. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought that anybody, any teacher from, actually from kindergarten and up to 12th grade, if they use those three rules, they could really push their kids to a different level, I believe in their classrooms. Yeah, kind of going along with that. One thing I really liked, and I kind of liked it because whenever I was teaching, I did this a lot, is we would start off, um, the kids would have uh, the question, do you know what sucks? Um, <laughs> And then X, Y, Z, like thing that sucks. Uh, what, can you, what can you do about that? And I remember one year we had, um, it was around Veterans Day, and uh, we had a kid who said, you know what sucks is that we don't have a place to like honor veterans in our community. And so like we designed like these memorials for veterans and we found places to put them and we went and like had a little thing in town where we like dedicated like this thing that we designed. But I, I just think that's such a cool place to start because it makes it real for kids and it gives them like a actual goal that's not like uh, a grade. And I think um, especially with the way that it talks about how they handle assessment on here, it's, it's a lot of it is based on student reflection, but also like the, the progress you made in reaching your goal. And I just think that's really cool to give kids so much control over that, but also making it real so it matters to them. I so I'm taking some classes at Maryville right now, and one of the classes is about assessment. And when he started the, the class, he walked in, our professor, and he was like, all right, so assessments suck. And we were all like, 
Yeah, they do. And um, he goes, okay, so let's all pretend that we live in the matrix right now. So what are all things about assessments that uh, we feel that we have to do as assessment wise? You have to have multiple choice and fill in the blank and you have to do assessments at the end of a unit and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I want you to come up with as many things as possible that why do we do these things with assessments? And we filled up the board with like over 35 different things. And he said, all right, now I want you to, to pretend like you're unplugging from the matrix. And what if you could still assess your students, but you didn't have to do it this way? And we were, our minds were blown. We were like, oh my gosh, we couldn't believe it. And I think a lot of that really does relate to what uh, Don Wetrick was talking about in this article as well. It's trying to think outside the box and how to push it, um, think a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things that teachers get really hung up on when we talk about projects like this is how do you grade it? And I think that that it's really easy to totally never try anything like this if you get hung up on where, where's the letter, where's the percent here? Uh, it might, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes good learning doesn't uh, end up looking that way. Um, so what else? Anybody else want to throw anything out here on uh, how this model could jump into the way that you do things? You know, I piggybacking on Aaron, I really like the idea of those three rules. And I just see those like whatever project our kids are doing in whichever content area course they're in, just kind of having those as kind of the ground rules for, um, for projects, just having those three rules up on the board. But the thing that really kind of stuck with me, and it might just be because I'm a bit of a podcasting dork, um, was that... <laughs> his Roth IRA. Um, yeah, I like that too. It was awesome. Discussion, mm -hmm. tussle, yeah. Homogenous grouping, ideation, reflection, adjustment, that whole process they teach his kids. And it reminds me, I listened to this podcast called Startup and they had this whole series where they were on this ha like week long hackathon on a startup bus where these um, folks get together on a bus and throughout the week they pitch ideas and they refine them and they find teams. And the thing that, really struck my attention was that grouping is how do they how do you share your ideas and then find a find that group that works with you and i just like i think about that concept of the hackathons and then i think about like our business classes and how they can really utilize that model as they do things like develop marketing campaigns and whatnot i just think it'd be a really powerful model for them to follow yeah, that's awesome. It actually made me kind of think of uh, Shark Tank when I was reading this because my wife and I watched like Shark Tank and we love it. And um, we've actually done like student Shark Tank where they come up with an idea and they pitch it to their peers. And it's like, okay, as a group, what are we going to invest in? I think that there's a powerful entrepreneurial part of that that uh, would be very impactful if we use that in an instructional way for sure. All right, lots of really great ideas about that article and innovations class. So um, definitely, um, if your district is not doing something like that, it would uh, be a great idea to find some people and launch some sort of way that you are having students work with innovative and uh, interesting projects in that way. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go into our closing comments. So um, here's a question for the group. March is tripod month. Hashtag tripod month. What are we listening to right now? Um, I'll throw out a couple that uh, I do. My um, my favorite podcast is 99% Invisible. I don't, does anybody listen to that? Uh, Roman Mars? It is not, it is not uh, educational, but it's all about design and like the uh, ideas that go into things that people create. And I use it in the classroom all the time. I will show it to kids and I'll say, 
Um, isn't it interesting the story that's behind this thing that you look at every day and uh, how you never even notice the, what the person who was thinking of that was doing. Um, another one that I listen to a lot, and this is kind of a, a gimme, but uh, Google Teacher Tribe with Matt Miller and Casey Bell is really good. Um, I'm also kind of a homer because they featured my blog on there a couple times. <laughs> they did. So, uh, yeah. So um, I, I got to throw it up for, for that. But uh, it is really great just as a person who is, is in a Google school district and is really uh, invested in using Google for just about everything that I ask teachers and students to do. There is good stuff on there every week, and they do a great job of reaching out to the uh, Google teacher and trainer community and sharing a lot of uh, – projects and ideas that uh, people just a lot of times probably wouldn't necessarily think of. So that's for me. So I found, I actually found this yesterday um, and I was kind of going through the updates or promotion section of my inbox and I saw a newsletter from Dan Pink that I didn't realize I subscribed to and I did his podcast. It's called One Three Twenty. Um, and what he does, he talks to one author, asks them three questions about their book, and gets you done in 20 minutes. Um, I listened to half, an, half of an episode today when I was en route to the office from a PLC meeting, and it, like, it's awesome. Um, I'm super into that one, um, or at least I will right. be after I have the opportunity to listen to more. <laughs> I just wrote that one down. I'm a big-time podcast nerd. I listen like constantly, so... Uh, yeah, you know, and my thing is everyone makes fun of me because I don't really listen to music in the car. I, it's all podcasts all the time. Oh, me too, man. Me too. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm that way too now. Um, another one that okay, I like Okay, I lot. have to. Oh, I'm sorry. Another <laughs> one I like a lot um, outside of the, well, I guess I'll go, I'll do two more, one education, one not. My non-education is called Reply All. Um, oh my God, of, dude. I love Reply All. It every episode. Damn. Yes. <laughs> It's so super good. Tech support it's, is my favorite. Yeah, oh, super. Yes, yeah, super tech support. And it's these guys, and they talk about just everything around the internet. They did an episode on Bitcoin. They had a series about this guy who was in prison and how he was blogging from prison. It's just great, great show. And then my <laughs> other education one will be House of Ed Tech with Chris Nessie, who um, yep. gave me the idea to talk about Tripod because it was his his concept. Yep, I think uh, those are all pretty good. Uh, the only one I would like to add would be um, the Transformative Principle. Uh, it's by Jethro Jones up in um, Fairbanks, Alaska, and he does weekly interviews with educators um, all over the world, and so they're pretty powerful. He's up to like 215 episodes so far, uh, and so he's on that um, education podcast network with Nessie and Google Teach Tribe and stuff like that, so definitely one to worth checking out. It does a good job. Um, I listen to the Google Teacher Tribe as well. I think that's pretty cool. I like that one. And I really like the METC podcast. Oh, Hello. Oh, <laughs> we forget the METC podcast. <laughs> yes, the best, best one of all. A new one coming out on Friday. Hosted yes. by our very own Jonathan Lee, I might, I might say. That's right. Has right. So everyone really here been on the METC podcast? Yeah. I think so. Do you yeah. have Joshua? Yes, I have. Yeah. All right, yeah. good job, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the cool people. Nothing but the best. <laughs> 
So yeah, those are definitely the ones I listen to for education, but I just wrote down all of these that you guys just said. And I mean, I totally listen to a mouse cast because I have to know what like Disney world and Disneyland are doing oh, with do like that. Star we do Wars. That one in my house too. So. <laughs> I have to know what's going on with that as well. So. Nice. All right, Sam, so what I'm you got? Gonna give the con- I know. Well, that's, I'm waiting last because I'm giving the confession of the middle-aged ed tech coach in that I'm new to podcasts, so I'm going to throw that out there so that if there's any other listeners that are new, that they just don't shy away from it because I'm, I'm learning um, about these and I don't have any that I necessarily follow because I'm still trying to figure it out. So you guys gave me some good suggestions. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just a couple more. If uh, you're, anybody's looking for instructional stuff, there is one by – the article we did today, Jennifer Gonzalez, Cult of Pedagogy podcast is really good. It's just teaching in general. And um, I'm also partial to Dads and Ed. I don't know if any of y'all listen to yes. Dads and Ed. But it's, uh, yep, yep. It's, it's a good listen um, just for – there's some tech stuff. It's just a lot of it's about teaching. But uh, I know we're not all dads, so uh, I won't throw – even if you're not a dad, it's good. Even if you're not a dad, it's still pretty good. So I'll, I'll throw this out there. I know we're, I know we're over on time, but uh, if you have a Google Home – at home or anywhere, I guess for that matter, they just threw out a new update called Routines, which basically you it allows you to say, "Hey, good morning," and it'll go through step by step of what you want to do, like say the weather, your agenda, um, news, and then all of a sudden it'll, it'll say, "What podcast? What podcast do you want to start playing?" So you can even play your podcast while you're eating breakfast and getting ready, and have Google do all that for you. So I thought it was pretty cool. Well, I haven't joined the uh, smart speaker revolution yet, but uh, maybe one day oh. when I join the cool club, that'll happen. Um, <laughs> so uh, that'll wrap it up for uh, this week's show. We'll go ahead around and we will tell you where you can find us. Um, again, uh, I'm Josh Howard. I work in Fulton and uh, you can get me um, on Twitter at Josh C. Howard, my website, joshchoward.com. Um or you can just probably Google my name and you'll either find me or the guy who used to play basketball for the Dallas Mavericks. Same guy. <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> I guess I'll go. I'm Aaron Lawson, <laughs> Orchard Farm. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron underscore Lawson three. I'm JP Presvento. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JP Prez, J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z, or jpprez.com for my blog and all the other stuff. Sam? And I'm Samantha, I'm Samantha Knoll. You can find me on Twitter at Tech Knoll, K-N-O-L-L. And I'm Jonathan Lee. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J Lee Tech Percent. Uh, there is a blog out there with that same um, uh, name, but I don't really write on there anymore, unfortunately. But I will eventually. Um, you can also listen to all MHC podcasts. Thank you for shout out on that. And we will put all of those podcasts and all the information on this article and everything on the show notes, which as of right now is available on anchor.fm and soon to come to other uh, outlets as well. So check out that information so you can catch up on everything you heard listen to today. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. And thank all of you for listening. We will catch you next time on the EdTech Pod Squad. Peace.